Welcome to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk, with Rev. Jennifer Hadley, a beloved teacher of the Course, who has helped thousands learn how to express their beliefs from moment to moment in their everyday lives. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application. Here is your host, Rev. Jennifer Hadley. Good morning, everybody, or good day, depending on when you're listening to this, because I know uh, while we have a lot of listeners right now listening live at home on their computers and on their smartphones, and if you have a smartphone and you haven't gotten that smartphone app, you can uh, get the details at unity.fm of the what the smartphone app is and how to access our show on your phone. I love that because right now it's 8 a.m. in Los Angeles and it's drive time. So people can listen on their smartphones during drive time. I love that. Inspiration on the way to work. Divine connection on the way to work. And uh, today, oh, I'm very excited. I have David Hoffmeister with us today. Hey, David. Hi there, Jennifer. <laughs> We're so happy to be together. We love to talk about God, and we love to connect, so we're going to do that together with you, Transcending Time and Space by Means of Technology. And David's in Utah. I'm in Los Angeles, and we're we're using technology for good. Yay. <laughs> yeah, it's wonderful. It's a great use of technology. It is. We love it. So I'm going to invite everyone to start with the technology of the heart and inv- invite you to place your hand on your heart and take a few deep breaths with me as we tune inward and remember the truth of our life, that we truly are the love of God. This is our true identity. And as we take these deep breaths, we're literally remembering that all that we are is love. And we're grateful to remember this. We're grateful to remember that the kingdom is pre-installed. And who is the king in the kingdom? Love. Love is the king in the kingdom. This is who we are. So we're taking these deep breaths of love and gratitude. So grateful to forget any false idea, any false identity that we might have become attached to, we're letting it go right now, making a holy offering of it as we consciously partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and remember that deep awareness of the truth. I am that I am. And we're remembering this, not just for ourselves, but for all beings everywhere, because we're one with them. This is how we get to share. We're extending an awareness of perfection and wholeness to anyone and everyone. So grateful right now to remember ourselves as we truly are. Perfect, whole, complete. Not needing anything, not wanting anything, not lacking anything, but indeed having everything. The kingdom is within. We're seeking this first and foremost. And we're accepting (laughs) that we already have it all. We're grateful Mm. to remember this is true. 
In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Mm. Having you with me on the call, David, I could just sit in this for the rest of the hour. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) But we've got a wonderful topic this week, and uh, Spirit inspired uh, the topic of how to have a spiritual breakthrough. And I think uh, the inspiration came from... Uh, our class last week in Living a Course in Miracles, and for anyone who's new to this radio show, because new people come every week, can find it every week, David and I have been participating in an eight-week free teleclass called Living a Course in Miracles, and you can access it at livingacourseinmiracles.com on the web. Totally free, and this week the teacher is Tammy Keeves, and we're going to be talking about uh, inspiration in, at work and following your calling, living a life of a holy calling. And that'll be a perfect follow-up to this uh, spiritual breakthrough. And last week, David and I were uh, discussing spiritual practice and how, uh, and I, it was David's topic, I love it, how it, it, our spiritual Walk is really 1% principle and 99% spiritual practice. So spiritual practice is how we bring on a breakthrough, is it not, David? Yeah, yeah. It really gets our mind into a state of uh, readiness because oftentimes uh, we hear a lot of talk about willingness, but but to experience uh, the kingdom of heaven within, we really have to meet its conditions. I mean, it's just there. It's always available. If if it would speak to us, it would just say, I'm here, I'm here, focus <laughs> on me, give me some attention today, uh, and, and know me. And so um, I would say that's like a very much of a key, the practice of kind of removing the obstacles and clearing the debris in the mind so that you can just let the light shine through, you know, as a perfect child of God. Yeah, you know, I, I I think that once we begin to clear the clutter in our minds, the things that we think are important that truly have no value, that the getting mentality, and we begin to clear some of that mental clutter, we realize that that voice of uh, listen to me is it's always there. It's one hundred percent of the time live streaming, and uh, we can access that program or we can deny it. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. It really is there for the access. So, so that's what we're really focused on now is uh, is experiencing that for ourselves, and then when we find things that really work, uh, extending those and sharing those with with all of our brothers and sisters. Now, for me, David, one of the things that uh, has been a challenge for me in my life was I, as my spiritual practice deepened and deepened, and my prayer. Uh, and next week I'm going to be with Gary Renard on the show, and we're going to talk about prayer and the song of prayer and that whole teaching and how we access intuition through prayer. But I would I was praying and praying and praying to have a realization of the Christ consciousness, and the more I prayed that prayer to remember my true identity, the more it became aware to me in my mind of the blocks to love, the blocks to insight, the blocks to the breakthrough. And some of the major blocks to the breakthrough uh, were the ways that I was self-sabotaging that I didn't even know. And one of them 
was fantasy, fantasizing. And uh, I, I don't think I've heard you speak about that. So I'd just love to hear what, what your take is on when we go into fantasy. So I think we have to define the kind of fantasy first. And, um, well, any kind of fantasy, of course. But uh, I know for me, what I see in so many spiritual students is they fantasize of having a better life. Mm. They fantasize about being famous. I live in Hollywood. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) People fantasize about having a a better body, you know, better whatever they think better is, uh, uh, a better career, a better life, a better love life, all these things. So what have you learned about fantasy as a block to love? Yeah, it's absolutely huge. I mean, for example, in, in everyday language, we can talk about mythology, and you and I probably, along with the audience, have a general understanding of mythology. Uh, I know Joseph Campbell, you know, of course, was very famous with his big series on looking at archetypes and so forth. But, but once you get deeper into metaphysics, uh, you start to see that mythology is just defined in the common language as just a tiny little strip uh, in what we would call human history, where there's facts of things that actually did happen, and then there's mythology of things that that may or may not have happened. And what you start to realize is is that all the world of time and space is mythology, and so <laughs> it, it's so huge. You know, you're, you're absolutely blown away when you like work with something like a Course in Miracles, and you you see Jesus talking about mythology in a massive context, and you go, Oh my God, I've, I've my whole story is mythology and it's the same with fantasy now we may think of fantasizing about a better life like you mentioned or being famous or it could be like fantasies of certain foods or certain living on a tropical island or sexual fantasies and so you really have to go to to the main definition of fantasy to start to see how massive this is and, and in the course of miracles jesus says fantasy is the attempt This is his definition. Now, this is the definition from Jesus Christ. Fantasy is the attempt to make false associations and obtain pleasure from them. That's massive. I mean, that we're talking physical, we're talking psychological, because everything ultimately is mental. There's no nothing outside the mind that that you start to realize that. Oh my gosh, all, all of the world and everything that I believe is part of my linear life is actually fantasizing. Mm-hmm. And and what I mean by that is is that God is divine union and divine oneness and divine spirit and there is no pleasure and pain in heaven but but actually the pleasure pain distraction of this world is a trick of linear time where you seem to have little bits of pleasure both physical and psychological and then you have bits of pain like oh, I got a toothache today or oh, I got a little headache going there and ooh but I like that uh, lollipop and ooh I like that flavor of ice cream and so forth, and then you don't realize that that's all part of a massive trap, keeping the mind from divine union, and you don't really ever recognize this until you get into mysticism, into these deep transcendent states of of oneness, where come sometimes you actually get so deep in meditation that you just see the the great rays, the blazing light uh, of love, of the Christ light that's underneath this whole world. So. Most of the time I've talked to people, they're talking about fantasies or addictions. And for most human beings, those 
those are struggles. I would say addictions would would be more of an obvious overt struggle. And then fantasies are I'm like, well, you know, I know that I'm kind of like daydreaming a lot, and maybe it's not the most helpful thing for my spiritual practice, but that's that's where we kind of hit. We start off with an inroads of saying, okay, whenever I'm trying to obtain some type of pleasure, either physical or psychologically, by using imagery and imagination, there is a way that I could be using my mind in a better way, and I call that a miracle. And that's really what A Course in Miracles is about. That's really what unity is about. That's what all authentic spiritual practices are about, is is learning to truly tap into the miracle. Yes. Yes. And now, fantasy is highly addictive. And people, it's, it's interesting how many spiritual seekers don't become aware that fantasy is an addiction and that it's it's like a drug yeah it's true i mean i i was unaware of the depth of it and and how how distractive and Mm -hmm. in that sense um destructive most people don't think of fantasy in destructive terms but actually when you see that peace of mind is is your natural inheritance and, and really the point of spiritual practice that you start to realize, wow, a lot of my mind energy, if it's not really in a, being used in a miraculous way to extend love and extend forgiveness, then it's being used in a, in a distractive way. And fantasy is a big part of that. And it's, most people find a great deal of pleasure in fantasy, and, and therefore that's part of the addictive nature of it, that people will go back to it again and again. And they... You know, there's, we could say, people will say, oh, there's sometimes destructive fantasies. And that's kind of like the, the dualistic, the flip side, where suddenly we, you know, they have movies of psychos that, you know, or serial killers, you know, who who have these, what we would say, really weird and twisted fantasies that even society and most human beings would acknowledge as as really deviant. Uh, but but you don't see the flip side, that, that the fantasizing for things we would say in a positive way, it's just the flip side of the negative, and it's just as destructive to peace of mind. So, you know, it, it takes a lot of mind training, and I would say deep inward insights before you start to see behind the whole game. And most people, you know, they see me and they see that I'm always happy, I'm always joyful, they, they love my state of mind, and I will say, well, that's fine, come closer and you'll see what's underneath this whole thing. And and sometimes they're shocked. You know, they'll say, "My God, you live such a simple life. Don't you get bored?" <laughs> and I say, <laughs> I, "I mean, I'm, they say, yeah, without a life of fantasy and and with a lot of uh, all the pizzazz and passion and hoopla of the world, you know, isn't it really boring? And isn't the kingdom of heaven actually really boring?" And I say, "Well, until you get into it, until you experience it for yourself, it, of course you're going to interpret it that way because." It is so different from what we would call life in this world, which is, you know, mostly distraction. So, yeah, it's really true. You, you have to uh, you have to kind of go into it and actually have the experience of this divinity before it it will be attractive. Before then, the ego will just say, mm, "Looks a little boring. Uh, don't think I want to spend my life that way." And yet when you get into it, you can't imagine anything else. You know, it's actually just everything. 
Yeah, it's interesting. You remind me that uh, I remember somebody said, oh, I don't know, it was a number of years ago, and uh, we were we ran into each other on a Monday somewhere, and uh, I said, oh, how was your weekend? And they said, oh, you know, I just laid around, and I was so bored, and and I thought, wow, that's, I forgot about that, 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 People lay around and they're bored. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? That's delightful. At some point it just dropped off and you didn't even know when. <laughs> and I thought, gosh, yeah, when was the last time I laid around and I was bored? I think I might have been 12 or something. I don't yeah, know. yeah, I love it. I love that about you and I love that because I feel that vibe with you that you're so uh, energized uh, about God and so am I and so... Uh, sometimes it was fun, even with my grandmother, she would be around me and I would be so lit up in God and <laughs> she would just kind of look at me and smile and she said, just don't get fanatic about this. <laughs> and, and I said, how can you be too fanatic about God? I mean, I'm not talking about standing on the street corner and, you know, telling people what they should believe or anything, but I mean, just in terms of attitude, how can you, how can you be too joyful? You know, that just, it just was so funny to me. Uh, it's I, I, well for those of you who don't know uh, David and I. We just spent a week together. In uh, oh, we're coming up to our break here. Um, we just spent a week together at his house, and I can tell you there was no boredom anywhere. <laughs> so it's time for us to uh, move into our our break here. We're going to be back in just a couple of minutes, and I'd like to let you know you're listening to Jennifer Hadley with David Hoffmeister, author David Hoffmeister. This is A Course in Miracles, and we're definitely walking the talk and living the love on online Unity Radio today. We'll be right back. Thank you for tuning in for A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Get ready to focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application as we return to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So we're here with David Hoffmeister, and it occurs to me, uh, it just occurred to me on the break that some folks might not know you, David, and be aware of you, and sometimes I'm a, a poor host in terms of introductions. So I would like people to know that you have a number of books that you've written, Awakening Through A Course of Miracles, Healing in Mind, Purpose is the Only Choice, and uh, the Movie Watcher's Guide to Enlightenment. You're a big movie fan like I am. And <laughs> people can find your books uh, at your site, at Amazon. Uh, they're on Kindle. And uh, why don't we tell folks how to find you? You have so many free resources in there, so deep and so beautiful. How, how do you direct people to find you, David? Well... A lot of people know me through A Course in Miracles, so we have a, a simple site called acim.cc. Uh, it's a real easy one to remember, so that's a good lead-in to a lot of other ones. And um, and nowadays, it's so great with the great search engines of you know Google and Yahoo and Bing and so forth, that, that just by typing in my name and the kind of resources that you want, like audio, MP3, video, 
There's a YouTube channel that you know has about 2,900 subscribers and like over 510 free videos, and and there's a lot of audio content that really hundreds and hundreds of hours from my quarter of a of a century of work with the course, and uh, most of it is all free except for like the hard copy stuff that that you know we have to bu- purchase uh, materials to make and so forth. So. I know people just will listen to me for many hours and many weeks and months, and then sometimes I get to meet them in person and give them a big hug. So it's it's just a beautiful life. I've I feel that God has given me a chance to just shine the light. And you've got some things coming up. Uh, you're going to Hawaii. Yes, right over right before the Fourth of July um, this year. I think the fourth falls in, in more of midweek or something like a Tuesday or Wednesday. So actually uh, that Sunday prior to the 4th and, and also uh, I think it's uh, around the, the 1st of July. And then uh, that's going to be a talk at, at the Big Island at the Kalani Center. And then uh, on Monday and Tuesday, the 2nd and 3rd, uh, we have like a retreat there on the Big Island. So that's that's the thing that's coming up pretty soon on the schedule. And speaking of retreats, you and I, when we were uh, hanging out at your house uh, last week, I got so inspired. You took me out to the uh, Miracles Monastery there in uh, Utah. It's so beautiful and so pristine that just as we were approaching it, I could feel all this energy of uh, the the coming together and joining with other like-minded individuals. So we actually decided to do two retreats there. Do you want to tell folks about that? Yeah, yeah, that's coming up. Uh, there, There is a retreat coming up this Friday, but then we actually talked about uh, right before Christmas coming together, I think it was around the 23rd, and so sharing a beautiful week over Christmas and then actually uh, having one that would, carry on right through the end of the year and into the new years. And so it's, you know, I know Jennifer was saying, maybe we'll get there, we'll all get settled in and then have this beautiful light snowfall <laughs> land on top of us. <laughs> and so it's, that would be lovely. And um, it just feels great because there'll be, there'll be sessions and we'll do playful things and also have music. And But I would say predominantly, We'll have some beautiful stillness and silence, and it's mm-hmm. a beautiful way to experience Christmas. You know, you think of all those songs, Silent Night, Holy Night, and and uh, both Jennifer and I, we have brought in the new year for many years in, in a very quiet, tranquil, reverent way. So I think that's that's the most uh, striking thing about, about these retreats. Indeed. Yeah, the, it's, it's really like being in a St. Francis paradise there that it's gorgeous the land feels so deeply healing and nourishing and uh the bird i saw in the time i was there with you uh i saw the the chipmunks literally come up and sit in my lap (laughs) (laughs) and uh the hummingbirds so many hummingbirds of course we won't see hummingbirds in the wintertime but um rabbits all over the place and i saw deer and hawk and just there's just a sense of being in a remote pristine beautiful area and that is 
that's the perfect place to have a breakthrough. So we're doing a week around Christmas and then a week at New Year's. You can come and do back-to-back with us. That's what we're going to do. So this is our, our preference, our choice to spend the holidays in community, in fellowship, in practicing the stillness, and also in playfulness. So it's going to be a wonderful time to be together and deepen our practice. So we'll be making those announcements. We're fine-tuning the details and seeing how inexpensive we can make it for everybody. So you can book your plane tickets and book to come and we'll have payment plans and all of that. So you'll bring on your breakthrough with us uh, over the holidays. It's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, beautiful. So back to our topic and about bringing on a spiritual breakthrough through practice. And one of the things I teach about all the time, David, is to... Think of your your life like a budget. So if if you're in, in crisis, if you're feeling miserable and you're unhappy, you're depressed, to look at how are you budgeting your energy. And so I, one of the things I share about is like if you are in a financial crisis, your deficit spending, one of the things you want to do right away is see how can you increase your income. And then the other thing you want to do right away is how can you decrease your expenses. So in bringing on a spiritual breakthrough, you can do the same thing. So if you're investing your precious attention, your awareness in fantasy, if you can go to cold turkey with that right away, it's going to make a huge difference. And one of the things you'll start to notice is that you really, you really have a dependency perhaps on self-medicating with fantasy because you're not happy in your life. So you fantasize about having uh, another illusory life <laughs> that's more um more to your liking so uh if you can disconnect from projecting your mind into yet another fantasy you'll 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 realize that the one that you're already experiencing this incarnation as a human being is a perfect place for you to discipline your mind to choose only love if you're choosing fantasy you're not choosing love yeah, that's so beautiful. I love that metaphor, and, and I think it's just so so helpful because um, because the ego and therefore this unconscious belief system and, and guilt that's underneath the sleeping mind is is focused on debt, and and then we're looking at at bringing your mind. We could say being spiritually debt free. And of course, spiritually guilt-free. That's exactly what it means to be innocent and and truly free and happy. So, you know, part of removing the obstacles is getting in touch with where that belief in lack and belief in debt is still functioning. And the world does a good job of outpicturing that. You know, it seems to be a, a all the economies of the world are in great debt, and there's economic crises and and debt bailouts and so forth that are catching the headlines. You know, every month there seems to be more headlines around debt crisis and debt bailouts. And, and that's just a reflection of the belief in the mind in debt. So, uh, you could say that fantasy is, is part of that. It doesn't really seem to be, you know, it seems to be like, well, it's not harming anybody. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's just a, 
you know, it's not going to bring down the, the gross national product if I <laughs> fantasize today or something. But actually, you know, it's all connected and it's all connected in consciousness. And as soon as you begin to really kind of see that, then you, it's just like you said, you're, you're going to divest from the distractions and from those debt beliefs and invest in the spiritual practice of forgiveness and really clearing away the obstacles and the debris. And just like you said, you get immediate results. If you can, if you can just go cold turkey on some of those fantasies, you'll have all this energy to work with. And it's just God wanting to express through you. And, whoa, get ready for the ride of your life. <laughs> it's, it's charged up with glorious energy. And, and you might say it's like high-octane uh, fuel in the mind. Uh, when when you're really freed up and and able to to use it in a way where let let God speak through you and shine through you, smile through you, hug through you, it's it makes all the difference. It, it certainly does. And and as you're sharing, David, one of the things that comes into my mind is people don't realize that whenever we do something that has that addictive, self-medicative quality to it, and it could be anything. I talk about this all the time. People are very used to me speaking about this it's it could be sex it could be alcohol it could be drugs it could be work it could be cleaning your house it could be anything that you do to distract your mind from how you really are feeling and and, and to distract your mind from hearing the voice of the holy spirit that that all forms of self-medication are really about slowing down your spiritual growth and slowing down your connection to the divine. So it's like, you, you know, people are listening to this show on the Internet, slowing down that connection so that you barely can experience it. And why would you want to do that? It's so that you can be the God of your world. Yeah, I think that's, I can totally relate to that too, because people can relate to when they have a, if they have a computer and they have too many programs running or they happen to have a, some kind of a virus or um, little types of files and add-ons that have just been added on and added on and the computer gets very slow and sluggish, you know, you can, you just, it's not efficient. It's not crisp. It really can't function mm-hmm. well. And, and it's exactly the same way with the mind. It's just, it's like you were saying, it's, there's a slowing down of the vibration. You know, you're meant to be super, just high, high vibration. In fact, the more you practice at clearing your mind of these like add-ons and these viruses and things that have been added on by the ego, you, the vibration goes higher and higher and higher. The consciousness is higher and higher. And eventually it gets so high that you actually return to creation, which is just pure extension of love, the highest vibration that there is. And it's nice to just hold that context in mind because it, it does give purpose to your life. You know, you do say, well, every day I'm going to dedicate that to to healing and forgiving and, and allowing my vibration uh, to be raised, and and we've heard that for for decades. You know, the '60s consciousness raising, raise the vibe, high vibration. Beach Boys gotta keep those love and good vibrations <laughs> happening. With her. You know, it's like yeah. everywhere. It's all through all the songs. You know, and and so it's all there for us. But but we do have to put in 
the attention. We have to put our focus in it to really uh, have it be, you know, effective. Exactly, exactly. And when we go into these self-medicative behaviors, <clears throat> there it, it really triggers that experience of guilt, in which oftentimes it, it leaves us with this hangover that feels like guilt and shame and blame. And then... Very often, the pull to manage and cope with that hangover, it, what do we do? We go back into self-medication. It's like the hair of the dog. Yeah, that's it. You're just describing the, the cycle. And, and I know our listeners can identify that because we, can, we have seen it in our own awarenesses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we've had to say, okay, now I, I, I see this, I recognize this, and I, I want a way to transcend this and and the first step is to identify it you know just as it is and mm-hmm. then when we can do that we're that's our first step to really you know begin to open up to to the healing now in in uh, the world here we are um very aware of things like smoking and drinking and uh, overeating and things that create this sense of uh, drugged. You know, TV can be a drug. Watching TV can be a drug. Talking on the phone with your friends, complaining can be a drug. Uh, And the spiritual seeker will often think of those things as being bad and wrong. And uh, if we see other people who are doing them, we'll say, oh, look at them. They're not a very good spiritual student and have all kinds of ideas. I know I live in L.A., so there's this idea that the the good spiritual seeker uh, doesn't drink, eats all organic food, uh, goes to yoga every day, all of these things. And th- it just creates a whole sea a whole just huge litany of judgments and opinions. The birds are agreeing outside my window. <laughs> I hear that. That's right. Yes, yeah, <laughs> it's true, it's true. <laughs> oh, I love it. And, um, uh, and that whole, the judging mind, judging spiritual seekers for what they're doing, what they're not doing, projecting self-judgment outside. Of course, all judgment is self-judgment. All doubt is self-doubt. All forgiveness is self-forgiveness because there's only one. Only one. Yes. Um, I I wonder if you would speak to some of that stuff. So smoking, drinking, what what do you teach about that? Well, I think... That the mind, when it's asleep, you know, it it will try to distract away from the emptiness and the pain and the loneliness and the hurt and the unworthiness and so forth. And and uh, yeah, this cosmos is distractionville. <laughs> so it doesn't matter which planet you're on on the cosmos or what civilization. You know, there's there are many many varied means of distracting away, and it, that doesn't really. Uh, it may seem to minimize or, or briefly alleviate that that lonely or sad or hurt feeling, but it doesn't really handle it at all. It doesn't transcend it. And so those kind of things, you know, I, I find that when I travel and I stay, because I've been traveling for over 20 years, maybe 22 years or so, and, and I find I'm staying with people, and 
they're actively engaged in whatever form of addiction. Sometimes it's, it's smoking and drinking, drugs, and so on and so forth. And I get so tuned in and I'm so high on God that um, my mind is so unified that, that actually I, I don't see the error anymore. Mm. I know there's a part where Jesus said that to me, do not see error. And I, when I first heard that, I said, oh, my God, do not see error. How do you... How do you do that? That's like spectacular. My God, what is that, an enlightened state of mind? And he's like, well, actually it is, and you're going to have to come with me on this journey, and you'll be, you'll be able to overlook the error and literally not see it, and then that's how you can be the light of the world. Not that you go around going fault-finding and seeing the error everywhere, you know, seeing the defense mechanisms and the addictions, but actually seeing beyond them and with true Christ vision. So... But I actually had to go through all that myself. So, so really, like the community I live, you visited here, it's, it's not like typical monasteries where there's huge amounts of do's and don'ts. It's just two, two guidelines, you know, no people pleasing, no private thoughts. And you will still find people that, that will come to these monasteries and, and it will, you know, they'll like to drink or they'll like to have, smoke cigarettes and, and do lots of things where we might say in traditional monasteries, it's prohibited. You know, it's like, okay, we're not going to have all this alcohol all over the place, vodka and gin and everything at a typical monastery or, you know, cartons of cigarettes. You know, it's just not allowed. But here it's more we're focusing on cleansing and clearing consciousness and focusing on the mind training. And and if you go right directly at the addictions, uh, at times there'll be such a sense of coercion and re- rebellion and resistance that the ego will just use it as a way of completely shutting down the spiritual practice. So I come at it more of I, I am a living demonstration of this happiness and joy. And that's really my first and my last function, is simply to be a living demonstration. And then when people go, Gosh, I'd like to be around you. Oh my gosh, it's so much fun. Oh, I feel your love. Oh, you're so happy all the time. Then they come closer and closer and closer and they're more interested and they're more likely to ask questions about what's going on in my consciousness. Why do I keep following into the, following into these addictions and judgments and, and bad habits and bad patterns? And then I say, ah, and the spirit just pours through me in a very natural way when the question comes. But until that question comes in a very sincere way, I really have nothing to say. I mean, I can sit here and cuddle with my cat, my three-legged cat, and feel <laughs> the, the oneness of God. But I really have nothing to say until there's a sincere question. And then from there, the spirit just you know pours through out of true, genuine love. You know, It just comes through that way. Indeed. And... We're going to talk more about this when we come back from our break. It's time for our break. I'm Jennifer Hadley with David Hoffmeister. You're listening to A Course in Miracles. We are definitely walking the talk and living the love on Unity Online Radio. Don't go away. When you pray, do you wonder if anyone is listening? What should and can you ask of God? Why aren't your prayers being answered? Prayer is a challenge for many of us. Now there's a new book that can help deepen your understanding. Based on his 35 years in ministry, author Jim Rosemurgy has developed a prayer and meditation practice called The Gathering. 
In just 40 days, The Gathering will become your foundation for a genuine, ever-deepening experience of God's imminent presence and unlimited power. You'll understand that God can't fulfill your needs, but your needs can be met. You'll see that prayer isn't something you do. It's something you experience. Explore Jim Rosemurgy's new book, The Gathering, a 40-day guide to the power of group and personal prayer. Available now at www.unitybooks.org. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Rev. Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. been listening to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk with Rev. Jennifer Hadley. If you have a question or comment about today's program, or if you'd like to join in the discussion, visit us on Facebook at A Course in Miracles Pledge, where you can join with the community of like-minded people who have pledged to live A Course in Miracles every day in every way. Now, back to A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. So I'm here with David Hoffmeister, author, teacher of A Course in Miracles. <laughs> David, and, <clears throat> David and I have become friends through our, um, through our love of God. And uh, today we're talking about bringing on a spiritual breakthrough. And in particular, just looking at the ways in which we can uh, bring on a spiritual breakthrough through looking at addictive tendencies, self-medication tendencies, and of course, one of the biggest tendencies is to um, be in this hamster wheel pattern of, we were just talking about it before the break, where you... Um, you notice you have self-medicative tendencies towards alcohol, smoking, food, whatever it is. It could be internet porn. People do that. And uh, could be um, cleaning your house. could be anything. And people will say, oh, my, my thing is it's not, it's not bad because it's helpful. Cleaning the house and having a super clean house is really good. Or, uh, you know, having everything organized is really, really good. Or doing volunteer work. Uh, you know, I'm volu- I'm self-medicating with volunteering, so I'm volunteering so many hours a week that I never have time to think about uh, anything. <laughs> I'm doing such good work in the world. There's just the the ego will find any way to uh, distract us and try and label it good or bad, label it somehow, and it just creates this sense of disconnection from spirit because we're 
we're doing. And uh, I was talking about this yesterday with Tamma Keeves, who's our teacher in Living a Course of Miracles this week. We're talking about, really, I need do nothing. And what does that mean? Uh, and remembering that, that it's really... People, you know, I actually I'm, I'm getting really clear right now in this moment, the few minutes that we have left of the show, David, maybe to talk about self-medicating through volunteering and being of service in your community. I know that was something that I saw very strongly in the Agape community when I first landed there. And I kind of tried that for a little while and then I realized, oh, this is not healthy. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to boost my self-esteem by volunteering uh, to the point where I'm. it's too much. So recognizing, oh, I am in self-sabotage. I am in self-medication with being of service in my spiritual community. I, I bet you see some of that. Yeah, I think the, the whole thing is the identification. Like I, people... Look up to people like uh, Nobel Prize winner, Peace Prize winner, uh, Mother Teresa. And I think she's kind of become like an, an icon and uh, almost like a synonym for service because uh, she, her life was so dedicated to that. And yet we would say service for the sake of service or service as an identity uh, where you actually start to build pride in service or you start to mm-hmm. use it kind of as an identity that you can hide in. You know, it's still with some discomfort, anxiety, guilt, shame under the surface and somehow using this service identity is look, you know, oh, how good am I? Look at me and, and you know, being pious and, and you know, this false sense of pride. So it, we could just say that it's a step along the way. Certainly someone who's lived a very egocentric uh, me, my, mine uh, identity way of life, uh, Certainly, the Holy Spirit can use service and volunteering in a very, very helpful way to kind of help you start to begin to loosen up from that and get out of that. But then you don't want to get stuck in another identity, uh, kind of like Mary and Martha in the Bible. You know, the you know here comes Jesus to talk about the gateway to the kingdom of heaven, and and Martha curls right up, or actually Mary curls right up at Jesus's feet, and Martha runs into the kitchen to. He's so into the service identity that she actually misses the talk and then wants Jesus to scold Mary for listen, sitting there and listening to him. And so, you know, that's a, an extreme example of how, you know, we don't want to make this an identity. Mm. So the beginning place for many people is simply to become the observer. Yes, the observer, the witness self, watch your thoughts and um, instead of jumping into trying to take all these actions that mm-hmm. are supposed to be holy actions and everything, is to really give a lot of attention to becoming the observer, watching the thoughts, and then being more and more detached from them and more and more in that place of stillness where where you can receive guidance. And then if, if you are guided to do something, you'll feel a lot of joy just from following that guidance. Exactly, exactly. I 
back in the 90s, I don't know if you know this about me, David, I was the volunteer coordinator for an organization in Los Angeles called the Center for the Advancement of Nonviolence. And I really uh, called in Gandhi and King as my guides, teaching me about the practice of nonviolence. And that's when I really committed to walking the talk and living the love every minute of every day and began to examine every choice that I made and say, is this love or fear? And it was very, very helpful to me. And I, in, in uh, act, teaching about nonviolence, I would ask people, tell me, which of these three things do you think is the most violent? To eat uh, an entire bag of chocolate chip cookies, to uh, not allow yourself to eat any of the cookies or to berate yourself for eating some of the cookies. Which which of the three things is the most violent? And it would get people thinking about their choices and whether or not they were violent. And pretty much everyone would always agree that berating yourself was the the most intense violent thing. And so I would say that uh, I'm not particularly a chocolate chip cookie fan, but it's a, many people are, so I would use that. But it, I would say that I learned that if I said to myself, I'm not going to have any of those cookies, or I'm not going to smoke any cigarettes, I'm not going to drink any alcohol, I'm not going to do whatever it is, that it wouldn't be very long before I would find myself with a lap full of crumbs. I've eaten the whole bag. And, well, how did that happen? And it's just what you were talking about earlier about the activating that rebellion factor. So if we can move into the observer, then we can help ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. I like that when you even were using those phrases, I am not, that, that if the I am presence is who we are and we are constantly trying to shut down behaviors and we're really not going behind the behaviors, you know, to the thinking and behind the thoughts to the beliefs, then it just seems to be a vicious cycle of, uh, of kind of like suppression, repression, and then boom, uh, rebellion and, and kind of acting out all kinds of things. And, and it's good to just see that for what it is and, and say, wow, I, I just need to just go much deeper inside and forgive and not get caught up into those uh, guilt patterns of so focused on repressing and denying or, or indulging. Indeed. Indeed. So we are just coming up to our time here. I would like to remind everybody that David and I are doing these retreats, Christmas, a week at Christmas, a week at New, New Year's. So you can do them both back to back. And then he's going right into six weeks of silence. So if you would like a break, uh, from your life to, to, uh, get this deep level of support at the, uh, Living Miracles Monastery in Utah with David, with myself. And you can go there and make your own retreat. I'm going to invite people to check out your materials, David. And again, you said the website is acim.cc. Yep, that's the easy one to remember. And uh, it's time for us to say a prayer and close out. I'm reminding you, too, to check us out at livingacourseofmiracles.com and, of course, jenniferhadley.com. So we place our hand on our heart, and we know that right now, I am that I am. Everything we need is pre-installed. We have it, we're it, and we're grateful. 
to share the benefits with everyone because we're one with them. And so it is. Amen. I love you, David. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me. And I love you. So thank you for listening. (laughs) We Uh, love you. yes, Yes. Have a great week.